You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engine! Triangle Tire, Tires for Life presents Dave's Corner Garage. The following is a paid program. Opinions on the show are always expressed with a certain joie de vivre. Please consult a doctor before listening, as laughter can be infectious. Buckle in, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your top-down, wind-in-your-hair, Saturday morning automotive thrill ride. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, but right now, love us on Zoomer Radio. Yee-haw! Come on, girl. <laughs> Good morning, to lose it there. Good morning. I don't, I don't, yeah, I, think, I think you got it. I think so. I think so. Uh, uh, dry throat, dry throat. You know, you got the heat on now, and of uh, course, the humidity's down. That's the thing. It's cold outside, and you know, it was frost outside this morning. I know, I know, I know. I keep looking at that. You know, I, I'm I'm working on my kids' winter tires. You know, like mm-hmm. not physically, but just organizing it. Yep. And uh, it seems to be taking way too long. You know, like <laughs> like the guys are already backed up. Like I started talking to my supplier weeks ago. And he's going, they're coming, they're coming, we're busy, we're busy. And I'm right, going right. like, wow, I, it's yeah. so, yeah. It, it happens, doesn't it? It does, it does. Yeah, there's there's somebody in my neighborhood who, who's paste, uh, pasting the, uh, the, the the hydro poles with uh, signs that he'll come and do your, your winter tire swaps for you. In the driveway. In the driveway. Actually, I had, in fact, that, that question was asked to me the other day because my friend who's a real estate agent and one of my musical pals, he says, he says, Al, Al, I keep seeing these things about retorquing wheel nuts. What, what's that all about? You know, uh-huh. I, I don't think I've ever done that, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, at any rate, I had just said, you know, they've made a lot more of it, you know, as a result of alloy wheels. In the old steel days, it really wasn't that much of a problem, but it, it seems to be now. I also told them that in most cases it was after people did their own wheels and tires. I says, yeah. you know, they tend to be a bit frugal and tried to save some money, but in the end, <laughs> uh, but bottom line was I said, if it sounds like the wheel's coming off, stop. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good idea. <laughs> So we have uh, we have someone who knows a little bit about engineering and race car driving. We have Matt Clark in studio with us today. Thank you for joining, or thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be joining you guys. Yeah, so first time on the radio. It is, yeah. I mean, I've done podcasts and stuff before, but this is my first time on live radio, so I'm yeah, excited. Well, so, Matt, it is important that as a driver, you're in tune with the car, right? you got to be dialed in, so if something feels funny or sounds weird, what do you do? You gotta trust your gut. And oh, no, like, you know what? There's no radio. You can't just crank up the tunes and say screw it. <laughs> I wish that was like what I could do. You know, just just turn it up and you wouldn't hear. But um, no, you definitely have to trust your gut. I mean, I work with a, a team of engineers, so whenever there's something going on in the car that doesn't feel too right, you get on the button. You're like, guys, I don't know. You know, and they'll either you know tell me I'm crazy or I'll, I'll pull in the pit box and, and we'll figure something out. Or, or uh, sounds true. Yes. Well, I mean, and he would know. I mean, he's, you know, he's an engineering student and a racing driver. And, you know, he races at a, at a pretty high level in those fancy open wheel cars. Ah, not, open not, wheels. Yes, open wheel. Not, you know, not, not a, you know, he's, he's up in, the, in the, the upper echelons of motorsport where, you know, me and my guys were just hanging out in sports cars. So. Well, that, so, and that, that, that scares me, having them open wheels, you know, because there's, there's no room for contact. 
Uh, no, that's probably a bad idea. I'm sure Mac can, <laughs> can tell us about that. Yeah. Um, and, and speaking of open wheel and sports cars, we have uh, we have a little bit of a surprise guest. We have uh, James Hinchcliffe, oh. uh, racing driver, uh, who you may know from IndyCar broadcast, F1 broadcast, and of course, he's a longtime IndyCar racer and well-known Canadian. Yeah. And uh, um, did, he, did he ever win the Honda? Uh, I don't know. No, no. I think he came close. Came, yeah, 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 came yeah. close. Yeah, came really, Too many really times. close. Yes, it's just yes. so competitive, eh? Uh, it is. It's extremely. The IndyCar is extremely competitive. We were racing at Detroit Grand Prix, our our AMGs, with uh, our IMSA team, and IndyCar was there. Yeah, and it was incredibly competitive. Like our championship is competitive, but IndyCar that's another that's another level. Super super challenging. Well, sure, but when you look at the guy who's in first place and the guy who's in in thirtieth place, and there's only two seconds difference, you're going, whoa. <laughs> yeah. How do you measure that? that well, no, and, and and they measure hundreds of seconds actually. Yeah, absolutely. You know, between your first five, it's like not even. A half a second, you're going. Uh, how did I do that? Yeah, exactly. And All right. And speaking of racing and stopping people from racing, stopping people from racing, we have our friend Sean Shapiro on the show. Um, so we're going to have him a little bit later on. He's going to be talking about winter tires, of course, and how you should drive and which rules you should observe, which is pretty much all of them. And uh, so it's going to be a racy show, whether it's stopping people or figuring out how to go faster. We're going to have it all here for you. We're going to take a break right now, and then we'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max in studio with Alan Gelman and uh, our pal Matt Clark, racing driver, engineering student. And uh, you go to uh, probably the, the finest automotive engineering school in, uh, in the country. I don't like to brag, but I would say so. No, Ontario Tech is a, a newer school, and I'm super lucky to, uh, to attend, and they have great facilities. So I'm in my sophomore year, uh, so two, two or three years left, depending on the racing schedule, right. and uh, yeah. hopefully we'll get that ring. Yeah, how do you find, it? How do you find balancing uh, school and, and racing? It definitely is a little bit tough. Uh, your schedule is is packed, especially in the summer, right? Because you know you have the month of May, which is a big thing in the IndyCar world, uh, and then we're traveling, you know, almost throughout that entire like March to September window. So uh, keeping, you know, school a priority while also trying to perform at a high level at the racetrack, it's uh, it's it's difficult. But I try to manage my time. Time management is key. Are you? Uh, is the school the school knows of your your racing career? I guess. Yes. However, I have found in university, uh-huh. it's a little bit, you know, more difficult to get accommodation. Oh, okay, that's what I was going to say. Are they helping you out there? I'm saying, <laughs> not really. <laughs> not really. No, it's not my job. It's your job. Okay, you figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they, I think they have so much going on, and so many different students with like you know different reasoning for being away or whatever it might be. Well, in most cases, though, are are, are not all your lectures still online? No, actually, like all my stuff is in person. So I only have one online class. I'm taking it, you know, this semester. It's the first time, I, time I've done an all online class in university so far. So it is all in person. So it's tough. I mean, you go away for a week, you come back, like you have no idea what's going on in your differential. Oh, no. So and I, I would have thought, well, we had the cameras, so just let them roll. You know, and, and, and <laughs> yeah. so you could access it any time, but they're not, they're not doing that. No, I, I wish they did. Uh, they do post like lecture notes and stuff like that. So it's not too bad, but it, uh, it's not ideal. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, explain to our listeners the 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 level of of racing that you do. So you're on the, you're on the what what is uh, known as the road to Indy. Yes. So you race open wheel style cars that are you know look like Indy cars. But where are you in in the ladder? 
It's a good question. <laughs> I wish I knew myself. <laughs> no. Uh, so I am two levels below IndyCar. So it's kind of like a ladder system. Um, I'm on the third rung of the road to Indy. Uh, there's you know four or five rungs. Uh, so Indy Lights would be my next step, then IndyCar after that. So hopefully we're looking at like a two or three years will be my IndyCar debut. Mm-hmm. And you're still, I mean, you're a university student. You're still young. You're, yeah, you're, I got time. I'm yes. 19 years old. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. well, backing up. When did you start racing? I started when I was 11 years old, which is actually a little bit late for okay. someone that wants to get into it professionally. Right, um, right, right, right. Some kids start when they're like you know, four or five years old in karting. Uh, mm-hmm. Most young drivers start in karting. And, and it came from my dad. It came from my dad. He was racing, and I kind of grew up around it. And oh, so he was a racer. It. He was, yeah. Like only so, believe it or not, like high level go karting is actually a big thing. So like he went to the world finals five times. Like he won the Canadian nationals three times. Oh, like, okay, okay. I don't so do this, this horn was... too much because like it gives him a big head. But I'm just thinking <laughs> it's. it's the, I, I'm just thinking it's the go kart track rat in cottage country. You know, it's like, right. yeah, exactly. Don't hit anybody, otherwise you're disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> but this is pro- professional racing. Professional level go karting. Oh, wow. As silly as that might sound to some people, yes. Yeah. I, well, no, I listen. And the guy who just won the uh, the NASCAR thing, Blaney, um, his dad was a racer his whole life. And, and, and so that's how he grew up, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was kind of odd because is, is everybody had super things to say about Dave and, and how what a nice guy he was. But ultimately, he didn't win a whole lot of races, you know. Oh, it's, uh, NASCAR is very competitive. Yeah. And, you but, know. but it was enough to instill in his son, you know, all the importance of, yes. you know, learning the track, learning about the cars, learning about you know how to do it and 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 be a gentleman but at the same time you, you know got to be aggressive and you, you got to want to get to the front and how to do it wisely rather than <laughs> especially again you know you're talking open wheels there's not a lot of room for for messing up the error margin is definitely small when you don't have fenders right uh, yeah stuff can go bad pretty quick so you got to be careful and there's definitely a level of respect out there you know when you're racing guys wheel to wheel uh and you know you want to beat them but at the same time it's like you know okay we we, we know the risk we understand that and we want to finish the race well and, and too i mean there's a cost involved you can't have, it, it's costly if you're gonna keep wrecking every week right yeah i can't can't be going through your crash damage budget in the first you know two two races of the season <laughs> no. at least in my case oh there is an allotment is there <laughs> well not really <laughs> If you're smart about it, you do establish a crash budget. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good stuff. And no insurance, unfortunately. Oh, no, that's you. You can you can get insurance. It's and, complicated. Oh, it's complicated and expensive. Uh-huh. And, and we we carry it on uh, on our AMGs. All right. So the level you're at now is, is just below the lights. You say mm-hmm. is that is actually a, a broadcasted? Like, how do people see that kind of show? It is. So it's on YouTube. It's a YouTube broadcast. Uh, It's called the USF Pro Championships. Like the Road to Indy was recently rebranded. So it is a bit confusing because there's like three rungs that start with like the word or letters USF. So like Mm -hmm. explaining this to people is very, very difficult. Um, But I'm in a category called USF Pro 2000. Uh, so we live stream on YouTube. You know, usually it's like 700-ish viewers, uh, and it's 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 a good live stream. I mean, they do a really good job. And how many horsepower are those cars? Just under 300. Oh, and a, whoa! And, and, and it, it only weighs about 1,500 pounds. It's or light. Something? No, l- lighter than 1,500 pounds. Oh, that's why they call them Indy Lights, I guess. Eh? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'd be pretty fast. <laughs> All right, well, we got somebody special coming up after the break. Yeah, after the break, we've got James Hinchcliffe. got some uh, news racing uh, with the Canadian race team in 2024. All right, Ashley, we got to run. So jack up the tires, and uh, we're going to do a tire swap. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max in studio with Alan Gelman and racing driver Matt Clark. And joining us on the phone is another racing driver. Who knew? James Hinchcliffe. James, how are you? I'm very well. How are you guys doing? 
Fantastic. You told me Danica Patrick was coming on board. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to disappoint, fellas. (laughs) (laughs) Well, after that, James, uh, the, 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 the reason we're talking today is because you actually are going back in a race car next year. I am, believe it or not. Uh, who'd have thought? But no, it's uh, it's exciting to, to get the deal done. You know, we've we've kind of been I don't know what the best way to to, to describe it. Let's call, let's call it flirting with the idea for the last few seasons about you know getting involved in IMSA and doing something with uh, with the FAC group and um, to be able to kind of put together a package for next year with the uh, you know the, the change in manufacturer going over to McLaren and uh, I'm going to be joining the uh, the regular drivers for the, the three endurance rounds. It's uh, it's exciting, man. I'm looking forward to it. Great Canadian team, uh, Canadian driver on board, Canadian tire and Canadian partners on board. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. So you're like the ringer, the long distance ringer. Is that it? Yeah, that's right. That's perfect, right. perfect. Because I, 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 well, I know I, I follow the roundy round guys, you know, and, and when they got a road course, they're going, oh, I hate that freaking road course, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I can only turn on how to turn left, and and how are you gonna change that, you know? So they bring in these outside professionals, which they lovely call ringers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, James, the, the, the question that's on my mind is uh, whether FAF is committed to the plaid race car livery or, or otherwise. Have uh, you have any idea if the race car is going to be plaid next year? I, I do have some uh, some insider info on what the livery is going to be, but I'm sworn to secrecy. So you'll have to just stay tuned to see what it's going to look like. Well, we'll see it. Uh, we'll see it in Daytona. That's for sure. I think it'll be interesting yeah, to see whether it. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, James, didn't didn't, uh, didn't mean to cut you out there. I, I'm I'm interested to see in Daytona what they show up with because that plaid livery. I mean, it really was a hit. Everyone loves it. Well, it's, it's part of the team's identity, right? So I, I think that uh, you know when you're switching manufacturers, everyone's kind of got their own rules and and things they have to uh, you know they have to follow guidelines, whatever. But uh, no, the, the team identity, as you say, Max, got you know it's been pretty tied in with the plaid and. The fans seem to love it. I think it's one of the one of the most fan friendly teams on the grid, and so we, you know, you got to keep the fans happy at the end of the day. And there's, you know, I mean, all in all seriousness, James, I think there's there's a little bit of pressure because you know in the last few years, FAF has been extremely successful, won multiple championships, lots of big races. So you know, you've you've really um, are going to be under the gun uh, when it comes to racing uh, at Daytona for starters. No doubt. I mean, you know, when when you have uh, when you have that kind of pedigree behind you, there's always going to be expectations um, that that team has done an incredible job over the last sort of eight years uh, of, of of winning a lot. Like you say, championships, big races, whatever. Um, the manufacturer switch is a big deal. You know, they've been running Porsches since inception, and this is the first time they're going racing with with anything other than that. So there's a lot of learning to do, certainly from the team side. Um, you know, from my side personally, I've, I've not done a ton of GT races uh, in the past. I've done a couple. Uh, I've done Daytona a few times in GT cars and done some touring car stuff. But um, we got a couple pros that are going to be great teammates that I'm excited to learn from and work with. And, uh, look, I, I've got a lot of faith in this group to be able to get on top of a new car and, and this new challenge and, and still be running up front. James, sorry, just from a mechanical background, which is mine, a mechanical question, I should say. Um, so when they change manufacturers then – do they let go to techs they have, or they just say, you just got to bone up on this new stuff? How do they normally do that? Uh, no, yeah, it's, it's the same guys that are having to learn a whole new car. Um, you know, I mean, anything mechanical, we should probably defer to, to Mac. He's the, he's the smart one in the room. <laughs> um, but, 
you know, at, at the end of the day. So you your know, car chief is your car hole, chief. Right? Yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah. But 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 at such a high level, I mean, I would have thought that if you had the expense and there was a guy, you know, like he's got way more experience. Not like, hang on, we got to figure this out. You know. No, there's definitely For factor sure, support that also eaten. comes with it too, right? Like track uh, okay. side. Okay. So all the big manufacturers, you know, they have a presence there, and they'll definitely help you out if you're running their car. Oh, good. So there's exactly. a helpline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've got some some insider knowledge from some people that have been running it. Because look, at the end of the day, the McLaren wants that car running up front as much as the team does, and so they're going to help out with all the knowledge they've had from running the car for the last few years, and uh, it'll definitely have some support from England. Perfect. Yeah, James. So, what's on the rest of your calendar this year? Obviously, uh, you've been uh, you just got back from F one, and you're a busy guy. But what are you doing for the rest of the year? Uh, well, I'm I'm standing in a wedding today. Uh, marrying off a friend of mine. So that's this weekend's plan. And then uh, have uh, one F1 race left, doing Las Vegas next year, or sorry, next weekend. Um, and then uh, actually have to go to Europe to shake the, the car down uh, with, with the FAF guys uh, in a couple of weeks, which is exciting. And then get to kind of take it easy and start planning next year and, and what we're going to be doing and working on calendars and, and figuring out how we're going to win Mac a uh, Indy Pro 2000 championship. <laughs> James, for our listeners who may not be aware of it, Las Vegas, is uh, it's not at the track, is it? No, no, it's, uh, it's a street circuit right through the strip. Um, somehow, uh, I, I guess money, uh, they managed to convince Las Vegas to shut down the strip. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing money can't do. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see Formula One cars ripping down the strip. James, we got to go. Thank you very much for joining us. If people want to find you, what's the best way to find you? Uh, anything at Hinchtown. That's, uh, that's the way to Hinchtown.com, Hinchtown on socials. That's where all the news is. Fantastic. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you in Daytona. Best of luck in the wedding today. And uh, we'll see you on the broadcast in uh, Las Vegas next weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. All right. Take care. I wonder if he's going to be doing any gambling down there. Possibly. I mean, gambling's easy in Vegas. Now, what do you do it in a slot machine or would he bet on the race? Uh, that, ooh. Ooh. Insider info, the race. Yeah. There you go. All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max in studio with Alan Gelman and racing driver Matt Clark, also engineering student Matt Clark. And joining us on the phone is PC Sean Shapiro. Sean, how are you? It's me, and I'm doing all right. It's Saturday. Having a good time. Excellent. Well, I, uh, did, how did you get to work? Where are you working right now? Uh, in, in, I'm currently at home, relaxing, it, not at work. Oh, perfect. Uh, I, I don't know what happened, but uh, the gardener was closed today for an extended period of time. It was quite the challenge to get down to the studio. Yeah, it's, it's, I was telling Mac on the, on, the, on the way down, it took me an incredibly long time. I think uh, almost 40 minutes when it takes normally 20 or 25. I was using ways. I that there is a serious uh, multi-car collision involved uh, on that uh, road. Now, now, the Gardner Expressway, is that your jurisdiction or is that OPP? Uh, the Gardner is is Toronto Police. The Gardner there there is a split where it becomes theirs, but uh, you know we're 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 good about it. We work together. Whoever gets their first wins, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> it's like racing. Yeah, yeah, it's just like racing. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of winter time, uh, did I see a winner? Oh, it's coming up, and um, it'll, it'll be here soon. And and Sean, for so many years, you know, you had people cars had rear wheel drive, and people knew you had to put winter tires on. But then when they came out with front wheel drive and all season tires, people thought you could drive those all year too. But you're here to inform the crowd that's not the case. 
Well, it's, it's not that you have to have them. And, you know, places like Quebec, it's actually mandated. You must have winter tires. It's certainly a suggestion. And it's something that my wife, the chief at home, forces me to have. And I, ever since we've had kids, we added that uh, that new option called winter tires. I grew up on all seasons, and I never understood the benefits of a truly winter tire until I got them. I'll never switch back. So uh, it, at least not in the winter season. I, I, I It really does give you a better uh, ability to, to steer driving attraction on the uh, – uh, in in the colder weather, in the inclement weather, and of course, bringing it down to a halt. I mean, you know that 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 ten feet could be the difference between you and ten thousand dollars. You know, yeah, hundred percent. And uh, you know what what many people do is they put the winter tires on and they forget to take them off for summer, and those don't do well in the warmer weather and and wet weathers, oddly enough. So uh, paying attention to your tires is really important, and which ones you use makes it your vehicle perform. All right. So, Sean. With uh, with winter tires, I mean, obviously people are putting them on the on their cars now. Uh, some will take a, a, a really long time to put their winter tires on, but it's uh, it's incredibly important not just for the the snow itself and ice and everything else, but also temperature. Well, that's right. And when the temperatures hover around seven degrees Celsius, that's when the the, the time to put them on is and keep them on for the season. And it's because the rubber compound that is used stays uh, stays flexible in lower temperatures, whereas your other stuff will turn to rock, essentially, and, and just not work as well. And and I shouldn't say that, that, that other tires are, are, you know, aren't usable. They're just not as good as a truly winter tire. And the other thing that needs to change, of course, is your mentality. Well, a lot of what we find uh, people getting into trouble with is, is based on their behaviors. And we seem to forget it's that seasonal amnesia. We forget, what is this white stuff falling from the sky? Right. And then suddenly... <laughs> People are sliding off the road. And then there's the folks who are overconfident because they have four-wheel drive vehicles and they can get up and go faster, but that doesn't help you stop faster. So we see a lot of overconfident drivers in the ditch. And uh, one of the, the best thing you can do in, in slippery and, and, and cold and, uh, and wintry weather is you slow down. It's going to take you longer to get to where you're going, but it's also going to take you longer to stop. Yeah, I remember years ago we had the old police chief on, and he said, if you have an accident, that will really mess up your time schedule. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> so, so just slow down and take it easy. You know, at least you're going to get there. The, the best, the best way to uh, to get to your destination in the winter is by avoiding a collision, and that might mean taking an extra half an hour or 45 minutes to get to where you're going. Everywhere in Toronto is already an hour, and in the winter it could be two hours. But you need to factor that in, and certainly trying to make up time by going a little quicker is not the way to win this race. Exactly, because you lose control and you're going to be in a ditch. And uh, all right, now. Um, the other thing, of course, is, is is holiday season. People should be watching oh. out for what? <laughs> holiday season seems to be synonymous with uh, enjoying a cocktail or two. And very often we find people who choose poorly and get in the, behind the wheel of a motor vehicle uh, while under the influence of drugs or alcohol. And that, of course, is a recipe for disaster. Uh, we see far too many people uh, you know, across the, the world uh, who, who die as a result of these, uh, these collisions that are totally preventable. It's only because someone chose to get behind the wheel of a car while under the influence. And uh, we, we want to remind everybody that if you're going to be driving and drugs or alcohol are not something to, uh, to mix with, Especially in a city like Toronto, we have so many other options. You've got transit, cabs, you have Ubers. Uh, you even have companies that will pick you up and drive you home and send a second person to drive your vehicle home. Because very often we have people who make an excuse and say, well, I, I had to take my car home because I need it for work tomorrow. And then there's another flip. Just because you made it home doesn't mean you're sober. And people get up the next day and go drive to work and get arrested for impaired driving because the alcohol is still in their system. Really? Eh? It stays that long? 
it, it, everyone is different. It obviously depends uh, largely in how much you consumed. Right. But I arrested someone at nine o'clock who said they drank about a case of beer the night before, and at nine a.m. when they rear-ended a Porsche on uh, <laughs> in your King and and Strawn, uh, yeah, they, they they were still over the legal limit, and they were arrested as a result. Wow! Wow! That that is an incredible story. It, it, and it's not a rare one. This happens all the time. People don't understand that uh, just because you had a nap uh, doesn't mean you're okay to drive. And uh, it, it's it's just a more complicated thing. And the best the best solution is to simply make other plans. Now, uh, I watched your show. Uh, I was very impressed. You're so good. I mean, ask a traffic cop. You were on with Jerry. And uh, I, where was I watching you? I, I, I you know, I, I'm not quite a, a adept at all the social media now, but uh, you were on YouTube and there, and, and you were on TikTok too, as well, I think. I, 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 we simulcast the show on multiple platforms. So whether you're on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitch, LinkedIn, Kick, everywhere. Uh, so if you want to watch us, you can you can use any one of those channels. And yeah, we take questions from uh, from anyone who asks, and that's that's usually a lot of people. One of the things uh, that I noticed that you suggested was dash cams. You're a big uh, proponent of those, are you? I absolutely endorse them. I don't care if they're good quality or bad quality, as long as you have something to be an independent uh, recorder of the facts. Because when you get into that collision, you have your perception and the other driver has their perception. And very often folks don't stop by and, and take hours out of their day waiting for police to attend to give their statements. They, they have better things to do and they take off. So you're left with uh, he said, she said. And what the dash cam does is provide you with actual evidence. That's great. And um, and on the cheap side, they're not. They're not. They're not that expensive, and and I, I get I get pitched by dash cam companies all the time to review their dash cams on my YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and I just haven't bothered. What I do have a theory though, Sean. That I find a lot of dash cam users need dash cams pointed at themselves, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so quick story. I did an investigation. I was involved in a fatality, and and one person called and said, "I got it on my dash cam." Uh, not they weren't involved in the collision, but they had it in their dash cam. So I went and grabbed their their footage on review. They had dash cam footage of not only out their front window, but they had one that was pointed at them. And although it, it didn't factor into the investigation, they happened to have themselves texting and driving for the twenty minutes leading up to the collision. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, a point proven then. Well, I mean, the excuse could have been we were trying to get to to, to to raise the police, and we didn't know how to call them or contact them. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's it, what we were doing. Minutes before the person was was injured, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't psychic, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, I, well, they put me on hold, and I gave up, and I hung up, and I had to <laughs> call back again. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, they, I have a very high end camera. It is it's 4K in the front, 720p in the back. Uh, it, it's good in low light. It has connections to Wi-Fi, so I can download stuff with a pull in the car. And I spent a pretty penny on it. But those are features that are nice to have, not need to have. And again, you can get stuff for under 100 bucks. You may even be able to get something under 50 bucks. Speaking of options on cars, um, I see so many people driving, especially now because it gets dark earlier, ghost cars. You know, driving cars with no lights on. How do we fix that? It's one of my biggest pet peeves, and I, I rant about it whenever I see it. But that's where someone has you, you know, been duped by their dashboard lights. They believe their, their, their system's illuminating the road because they see dashboard lights and their daytime runners are on, which are really just low-power high beams. 
Uh, but their taillights are completely uh, out, and Correct. no one can see them. They just disappear into the mix. So it's a big problem. I understand that new vehicles are being legislated so the dash uh, lights don't turn on uh, unless their full lighting system is on. I don't know if that's actually come into play yet. And I don't know if it's wor- if it's working. Uh, the other uh, half of people are people who have automatic light systems, which are great. And so you take it to the mechanic, and because they're you know standing in the, in the garage with the, the vehicle up on a hoist, turn off the automatic lights so they're not blinded while working on your vehicle. You get your vehicle back, and you, you never change that button it's on auto forever except when it's not after a mechanic touches it so you know you want to always double check and make sure everything's working properly but uh, it's habit to get people to do those basic things and will be better that's a great point because people just assume because they're auto that they're on all the time when in fact you can manually shut them off and you can and, shut them off and i i, I can say at at our own shop um we were guilty of that i mean it never thought about you know you'd think well i i can't have the lights on when i'm working on it right so mm-hmm. you shut them off and and I had to remind the text to put it back on auto because the person driving the car is not going to be bright enough to turn them on themselves. No, well, they haven't touched that switch in years probably, That's right. right? People kept flashing me, and I couldn't understand why. I will tell you this, that one of the best uh, hints for me for impaired driving investigations was anyone that had a, any ghost car on the road was immediately pulled over and investigated for impaired operation by me, and I very often ended up with an impaired driver because those simple things like turning on their headlights are things they forgot to do when they were impaired. Incredible. Oh. That doesn't surprise me. I was going to say... Uh, I, I was going to say about dash cams. I'm, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the new cars I drive have uh, that technology built in. So the the car I'm driving today has a cam has cameras everywhere, but it has the dash cam function built into the car straight from the manufacturer. Yep, really cool. Yeah. I think that's remarkable, and and we get that when we have Tesla involved collisions. And I I, I can't think of a better option to for all vehicles to have. Uh, I think that would be great. I just saw that on a TV show. Where uh, they were trying to find this uh, a car, and then the, the the officer realized that it was a car behind them was a Tesla, and that they record everything. Yes. So yeah. they they found the Tesla owner, got their footage, found the and, and solved the crime. Amazing. Speaking uh, of solving crime, thank you for joining us, Sean. Always a pleasure. All right, ask a cop. You got a question? Uh, the other question too is people want to keep joining the force, eh? They keep asking you how. Are you got your own recruiting center there? We are recruiting. I, I'm sort of the unofficial extension, but TrafficCop.ca, every link you'd ever want to know about our socials and recruiting. <laughs> and by the way, if you got, if you had a, uh, an impaired charge, don't bother trying to sign up. They don't want you. That, that is the thing. I learned that. <laughs> Sean, have yourself a great weekend. You too. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max with Alan Gelman and racing driver and engineering student Matt Clark. <laughs> it's it's true. I love the additional title though. You make me sound smarter than I actually am. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's you know it's not like you're studying um, English or you know political <laughs> science. You, you're, you're you're studying something useful. Trying hard, man. For for you know useful for a career as a racing driver. Exactly. No, I think the two will kind of help each other, and and that was always my goal. If I don't win the Indy 500 from in the cockpit, I'll be on the pit wall. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, but the, obviously the, the the mechanical end of things is so important. I mean. The mechanic obviously is the guy doing the the adjustments, but but it's it's important that you know, you know how to co- convey what you're feeling, and and uh, you know a, as a tech, it's like it's important to get that information right. You know how often do people come in and go, I think I need an alignment, and I go, What do you mean? They say, Well, it shakes on the highway. 
That's well, yeah, but that's not alignment, you know. I mean, so no, and that's a very basic kind of understanding. Mm-hmm. But but this way, you know, when, like now in your engineering part, though. But are you talking about car specific? Yes. So it is like it's an automotive engineering degree. It's the okay. only one in the country. So I'll get a proper degree, but it is an auto eng course. So third and fourth year is very specific. Uh, the curriculum actually changes every year to like keep up with modern technology. Right, so you're learning about steering angles and, and, and resistance and, 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 and just how different things in the vehicle influence how the car is going to drive. Exactly, you know, and, vehicle and, dynamics, stuff like that. Right, and, and, and what are the possible symptoms, whether visual or audio, just, just so you can, you know, talk to the techs working on the car. To, to I mean, you haven't got a lot of time in the pits, right? No, it's short, and sometimes the turnaround between sessions is, you know, one hour, which might seem like a long time, but at the racetrack, it's not, let right. me tell so you. Right, you, so you want to you want to target the problem area and, and, and get her done. Get her done. Get her done. Get her yeah. done. Yes, well, you know, uh, he, you know. Mac does race in the U.S. and you know they they're they're all about getting her done, <laughs> getting her done down there. So what what does your uh, schedule look like for next year? So it is going to be another year in the USF Pro Championships. I hope so. Nothing's confirmed, um, but USF Pro 2000 that's the series that we want to do. Contract has not been signed, uh, so it'll be we follow the IndyCar schedule. You know, yes. St. Yeah. Pete in March, yes, uh, early March, and, yeah, and we'll, all the way to Portland. We'll be September. we'll be there as well. Actually, nice. So we'll, see, we'll see you in St. Pete. I'll come bug you. Yeah, please do. You're always, you're always welcome in our hauler. So, uh, so USF Pro 2000, you're you're working on that. Yes. And uh, how many races in the in the calendar? It is eight, I believe. Okay. Yes. Now, um, it, needless to say, this is not a, a cheap career choice, um, and it, it takes a lot of funds. I mean, you know, it's not a free college. And uh, how do you get? How do you cope with that? It's tough, man. So, uh, so your dad's not a bazillionaire and just got big bags of money. No, and I kind of wish he was because, you know, it would make my life well, a lot easier. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> well, throw, is, is throwing there, dad under the bus already. I kind of wish. I think everyone thinks or, you know, hopes their dad is a bazillionaire. But. Well, is, is there a program or, or some something that, that can help people raise that kind of money? And how do they do it? There is. So there's two ways, kind of. I mean, Brian, you know lots about this because, you know. Th- this is what I do every part single of your day. operation, yes. man. Um so, you know, trying to fundraise money to go racing is tough because, you know, you're trying to convince people to take their money and they might not ever see it again, right? It just kind of gets burnt up in, in the engine and comes up the exhaust pipe, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so true. And, and it, it, I, think, I think it is, it is singularly the most difficult uh, part of a racing driver's job uh, to, you know, develop those relationships and build those relationships because sponsoring a, a, a race car in the scheme of a brand or a company's marketing mix doesn't make a lot of sense it takes mm-hmm. the you know it takes the right vision and the right approach to make that worth worthwhile yes and i think once you get people to the track and you get them excited and they see what's what racing is all about because if they don't know and you bring them to the racetrack it's life-changing it, it, it absolutely is and, and you know we found that of course you know, this is what i've been doing uh, my adult life but when <laughs> when you know, especially last year and we were we happened to be successful in our couple of outings but when we brought those partners to the race and they got to experience it in being embedded inside a race team and feeling part of the team, they were just they were over the over the moon. They, and of course, everybody wants to be back for for next year. Once you experience the excitement of motorsport, there's there's nothing else like it. Grabs hold, yeah, man. Yeah, I think it's like when they tell a car salesman, you know, when someone's looking in the showroom in a car, the most important thing is to get them behind the wheel. So they can experience the smell and the feel of that new car, and that yes. that really entices. I didn't them. know that. It makes sense. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And yeah. like Brian is saying, you know, it's, you can talk about racing all you want, but until you get to the track and get a real experience, uh, one of my musical friends actually um, 
who, who's I don't know if it's his money or his dad's, but anyways, because <laughs> he decided to fly to Sao Paulo last weekend uh-huh. for the Formula One race. <laughs> had had never watched a race in okay. his life. Yes, and uh, he says, so, "Al, do you follow racing? What can you tell me about it?" I said, "Get out of here! Like you're just going to fly there?" And 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 he said. And we got the good passes, too, eh? Because all of a sudden, he's tweeting pictures of him in the pits. And I went, hang on. Yeah, nobody gets those. But when he came back, it was like, oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. It yeah. was incredible. Yeah, that I mean, if... if like, yeah. the speed, the yes. spectacle, it just, you know, and... and, yeah. and, 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 and if you want to entice somebody, that's how you do it. Hook, line, and sinker, man. <laughs> the, the, and, and, you know, we we do that. I'm sure, Mac, you do the same thing. And, you know, when you have partners, you got to bring them trackside. And there's there's nothing like the excitement of motorsport when you're at an event. you got to show them that, you know, that up close and personal, that behind-the-scenes kind of aspect, right? Get them in the pit lane. Get them with the team. Meet all of the crew. Make them feel involved, like you said. Make them feel part of the team. Yes. And, and we do the same thing. We put as many uh, kids behind the wheel of our race cars as possible possible because there's you know that's a it's a wild thing for get especially today when i was a kid it was kind of normal you know normal car with race cars today you've got these fancy steering wheels our our steering wheels look like they come out of formula one with all these buttons and yeah. dials and all that stuff yours are yours are much the same and and uh, it's cool to get kids excited they love it they love it and then the parents love it and it just it creates this you know passion uh for the sport and whether it's you know partners or fans that are walking by in the paddock anyone that i can grab i try to get them you know into our space and show them what it's all about. Now, what about um, on the electric side of things? I mean, you're young. Things are changing. Um, <laughs> in fact, when I... Oh, I'm hearing the music. Yes. <laughs> I have to stop talking. Hold that thought. We'll get to it right after this break. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max with Alan Gelman and uh, our pal Matt Clark, racing driver and engineering student. And uh, Mac, you've got a big following on social media, but uh, for our listeners who don't know you, how can they find you? I'm underscore Matt Clark uh, on almost all social media channels. I'm big on Instagram. I'm trying to start a TikTok because that's becoming important in this day and age. Um, so I'm working on it, but that, that's where you can find me online. All right, so you're basically you're, you started off with, on go karts. They were gas cars, obviously, mm-hmm. and and now they're going electric. Um, how many electric vehicles have you driven? Uh, zero. <laughs> full, he's full a, transparency. He's now, a racing driver. To Brian Max here, who's got all kinds. He's got his own fleet, actually. I saw that, and I think it's interesting the switch that's coming because I mean, like Formula E, you see that stuff across the pond, right? I mean, they even come here. Um, so, but I kind of wonder, you know, because one of the things I remember when I used to go to Motorsport in the old days is, is, is all of a sudden you smell the burning oil, you smell the exhaust, you smell I love the rubber. The smell. Yeah. Well, part of those smells won't be there. I know. Well, Al. Um, what's what's actually happening? No exhaust, no oil. No, no, no. So uh, we uh, in in uh, in our championship in IMSA, we already know they they're going to be going to uh, um, a renewable or a synthetic fuel. Okay. So we, they've they've already started that that discussion. So I I I think we're going to see that at our level of professional sports car racing before we ever see a hybrid or or an electric. Wow. Car. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and in fact, I think this year, uh, one of the big um, Japanese sports car championships was, was running on a synthetic fuel. Okay. But at the same time, Formula Ones are, have been hybrid for a couple years. Yeah, since like 2014, right? It's been a while now. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, what about Indy? I know there's talks about it. Okay. Uh, and it's coming in, I believe, this next year. It's the hybrid system. So uh, that's going to be official. Um, okay. I now think it already the, is. And... Is it more of just an R&D thing or... or... 
it adds extra horsepower. What are they doing? I think it's going to add. Um, I think the car's going to get a little bit heavier, so they need to add more power. I think that's the idea behind it. Uh, and, and just a green initiative as well, right? Now, uh, good thing you're still in school. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and like I said before, the curriculum's always changing. So, like, we're learning lots about EVs in the third and fourth years of my classes coming up. So well, it, should, it should be interesting. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah. and that technology is changing rapidly right now. Yeah, like every month something you know, new gets developed, and you know, you got you to learn more about it to what, really understand. When I went to school, they stopped talking about checking the hooves and how, much, how many oats you have to give the <laughs> Back when the TV was black and white, right? <laughs> he, he's talking TV? about the real horsepower days. <laughs> One horsepower. All right, we got to wrap. I want to thank our guest, Matt, again. Thanks for coming. No, Matt. thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure, guys. Yeah. And- well, we'll have to do this again. And uh, and your your pal, uh, James Hinchcliffe, who's been helpful in your career. He has. No, he's mentoring me and such an awesome guy. I'm lucky to have him. And yeah. he'll be on TV next week doing uh, the Formula yeah, One race. Yeah, at, at the Formula One race. So, and, uh, and of course, uh, we'll see him at uh, the 24 Hours of Daytona in January racing with FAF Motorsports. Right. I want to thank our friend PC Sean Shapiro. So, like, as he said, you know, weather, weather's changing. Call your garage. You can't wait to the last minute because they can't do everybody the same day. Really? Uh, there's a there's a lube joint that, that says, we'll do tires while you wait. And they put it on, and I watch it, and I'm going, yeah, it's not quite that easy. <laughs> <laughs> not an F1-level pit, pit crew down there. No, no, no. Not, not a two-second pit stop. <laughs> All right. And, uh, of course, we're going to have to break a little bit early because it's Remembrance Day today. It is Remembrance mm-hmm. Day today. And... Uh, have to remember to do that. That's right. All right. That's right. If you're not wearing a poppy, check it out. You know, we got to thank the people that fought for our freedom and and uh, and honor them. And today's a special day for that. Ashley, thanks for joining us. Joining us. Well, you're part of the show. Part of our pit crew, actually. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> right. We got to run. Lingo. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. We got to run. Thanks for driving. Uh, thanks for driving. Thanks for tuning in. Drive safe, and we'll get you next week. Bye bye, everyone. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.